those uh, sometime as well. Uh, but this morning, uh, we're in a series called The Way. And uh, you can see our pathway is kind of up here now. We've got all these lovely signs. Um, so if you remember, we started with invite, uh, which is sort of the connecting word in our pathway. And we talked about the disciples being invited in to come and follow Jesus, uh, that it's, it's more than just praying the right prayer or being at the right place at the right time. It's, a, it's this process. You're invited in to follow Jesus. And then once you're invited in and they experience Jesus, they began to worship. They would uh, proclaim, they, they call him the Son of God, the Messiah. They, uh, they worshiped him. And so uh, if you remember the story from last week, they're in the boat and there's a storm going on and uh, and they, Jesus gets in the boat and he, the water calms down and they says they worshiped him. Uh, so we invite and then we worship. And then uh, the next phase of our, of our pathway, the next thing that we believe happens after you uh, invite and begin to worship is that you experience growth. You grow, all right? Uh, and so our story this morning really is going to cover a lot of ground. Uh, but our scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 uh, through 27. And uh, we're going to follow the story of Peter this morning. Uh, and so this one's sort of in the middle of his story. And so I'm going to offer you this one and then we'll, we'll dig in. So Matthew, thir- or 16, Matthew 16, 21 through 27. And here's what it says. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man gain or give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory and his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. All right, so Peter... Peter has kind of been, if you haven't noticed yet, Peter has kind of been in all of our stories so far, right? We have uh, in the very first week in John chapter 1, uh, if you remember, uh, and this is going to test your knowledge a little bit, Peter gets invited, and he, he's called Simon in John chapter 1. He is invited by who? Anybody remember? It's been a couple weeks. It's a name. I'll give you a hint. This guy is running the live feed today. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew invites Simon and he says, we have found the Messiah. Okay, we have found the Messiah and he brings him to Jesus. And Jesus looks at him. He says, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, right? So in our very first story, we have Peter gets invited. And so he's invited in and Jesus, uh, Jesus says, I'm going to call you Peter. And then Last week, when we talked about uh, worshiping Jesus, uh, it says that uh, in the story, Peter is the one who asked to come out on the water. Remember? Peter says, if, you know, if it's really you, call me out. I'll walk on this water, this stormy water. And he does for a little while, and then he sinks. 
And then they get in the boat, the, the waves stop, the storm is done, holy moly, and it says they all worship Jesus. Well, Peter has, Peter has a few moments, actually, when the, in the Gospels where we find that he worships Jesus. And one of them is just before our scripture reading today in Matthew 16. Uh, we read 21 through 27. In 13 through 17, we have this great story. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. So, so you see, we, we're following this story of Peter, and Peter is getting sort of progressively closer and closer to Jesus. And uh, we're, we're pretty deep in, we're about halfway through the book of Matthew at this point. They've been following Jesus for, for a little while. And they make this, he makes this proclamation, and he worships Jesus. And so we see this movement. First of all, in John 1, we see he's invited, and, uh, and, and Andrew tells him who Jesus is. But we have this sort of moment where Peter owns for himself who Jesus is in his life. It's not just that Andrew told me he's the son of God. He is now saying, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And we see this growth in Peter where he's this movement, this constant movement toward Jesus, closer and closer, deeper and deeper. And then we get this story just after this. And, and, it's, I love the timing of it. <laughs> because when we talk about growth in the church, a lot of times what we talk about is like this direct beeline straight to Jesus. When we talk about growth, it's step forward, step forward, step forward, step forward, step forward, step forward. We never stop to think maybe growth is also uh, the four steps forward and one step back. Maybe that's still growth. <laughs> And what we see in Matthew 16 is, is a one-step-back moment for Peter. Because remember, he has just worshipped. He's proclaimed, you are the Messiah. And Jesus, this is the whole phrase where he says, up on this rock, I'm going to build my church. You are Peter. You're great. It's going to be awesome. And there's this awesome moment with Jesus. And then right afterwards, <laughs> Jesus is, is explaining to them what's going to happen to him. He says, I'm going to be taken. I'm going to be killed. It says he began to explain to them that he has to suffer. And it makes me laugh because Peter, he knows who he is, right? He's the Messiah, the son of the living God. And so Jesus says, well, this is how this is going to go down. And Peter kind of grabs him by the arm. And in my head, I, I picture this uh, like in Uganda. In Uganda, um, everybody holds hands. For, that's like a cultural thing. So whenever they want to talk to you, the, a man will grab my hand and take me along and he'll take me over somewhere with, and he'll hold my hand the whole time he talks to me. <laughs> so I picture this in my head. Peter grabs Jesus's hand and he walks over and he says, Jesus, that is not going to happen. <laughs> I am not going to let that happen. You are not going to suffer. You are not going to die. Never, Lord. <laughs> and it says that Jesus turns and says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Whew. What a jump. <laughs> right? A second ago, in the same chapter, Peter is being praised because he's like, you're the son of God. And he's like, yes, you finally get it. And then when he explains to him what being the son of God is going to mean, Peter says, no, 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 no. 
that's not what I thought the Son of God meant. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> he says, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So Peter gets called out. Right after he has this shining moment with Jesus, he gets called out. And Jesus goes on and he explains to his disciples in this moment, because he, he's, this is a, a learning moment. This is a growing moment, not just for Peter, but for all of his disciples. And he says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Right? It's not... It's not that you have to, to just pray the right prayer. It's not that you just have to make a proclamation that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, because Peter did that and then got called Satan. He says, if you really want to follow me, he says, you really want to grow with me, you have to be able to deny yourself. Because remember, he just told Peter, he says, what you're wanting is human concerned, and I'm worried about the concerns of God. He says you have to deny yourself, your own, your own concerns, your own thought processes, your own way of doing things. You have to take up your cross and follow me. Because whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now most of us, when we think of losing our life, we think of like actual physical death. But I think here there's, there's more to it than that. Like sure, should we be willing to give up our lives if necessary for God? Sure. But I think for most of us, what connects more directly to our circumstances is, uh, I would call it more our way of life. We have to be willing to give up our own way of life, the way that we would do things, the way that we would set up the world. We have to be willing to give it up so that we can gain what God has. In other words, you can either carry your own life and your own plans in your hands, or you can carry God's, but there's not enough room for both. And so, so Peter gets this moment of rebuke where, where Peter, before, it seems like he's picking up the things from God, but as soon as it gets hard, he, he puts them back down again. He picks up his own way. And Jesus says, you can't, you can't do that. You got to choose my way. And this back and forth with Peter, let me tell you, it doesn't end here. Because in Luke 22, uh, Jesus, Jesus has been seized and, and he's about to go, and guess what? He's about to be suffering, just like he just told them that he would in Matthew. He's going to suffer. And it says that they seized him, and they led him away, and they took him to the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. All right? Peter follows at a distance. And when, there had, when they, had, they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and it sat down together, and Peter sat down with them, these random people. And it says a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. Now, remember, this is in Luke 22. This is like the, almost the end. We're almost to the end of the story. We're almost to the end of Jesus' story here. He's almost to the cross within a couple of days. A day. And Peter has been with him for a few years. A few years he spent with Jesus. And so he sits down at this fire, and this, this servant girl looks at him and says, this man, this man was with him. But he denied it, it says in verse 57. Woman, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. 
About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and Peter remembered the words the Lord had spoken to him, that before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. So, so we could pass off this first story where, where, Peter, uh, where Peter rebukes Jesus and he gets in trouble for it. Uh, we could pass that off. It's like, it was early. Maybe, maybe he just didn't know enough yet. It was early on, right? There's no excuse on this one. He spent three years with Jesus. Jesus has told him over and over again what's going to happen. He even predicted that he was going to deny him. And guess what? He does. Peter still denies Jesus three times right up to the last moment. So why do, I, why do I bring this up? I bring it up because too often when we talk about growing in the church, we don't talk about how hard growing is. <laughs> what we talk about is the good stuff, right? We, we highlight the positive moments, the moments where we got it right. The moments where we felt like uh, that we and that us and Jesus, we were just like this. We were tight. And I, I did the right thing or I said the right thing in the right moment. And we neglect the, the, the moments we got it wrong. Because we think, well, I got it wrong. Nothing good came from that. But growth, growth is not just the moments you get it right. In fact, I would find, I would, I would venture to say that I maybe, uh, and maybe I'm just thick-headed, but I grow more in the moments I fail than in the moments I succeed. Because it's in the moments that I fail that I am most prone to turn to Jesus where I should have been turning anyway. <laughs> when we're getting it right, it feels good because we think, I, I did that. I got it right. But when we get it wrong, there's this humility that has to come over us. And Peter, Peter experiences this growth over and over again. He, he has these great moments and then he has these rough ones. These moments where he thinks, man, he really is going to be the leader of the church. And then you read these other stories and you're like, I sure hope not. And he has them both. And I love that scripture acknowledges both. Because if I, if I were a scripture writer, right? Like if I'm, if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write my account, like Matthew, Matthew writes down what his experiences of Jesus were. He collects these stories from people. He writes them down. If I'm going to write them down, and I want the leader of the church to look good. And I want people to come to my church, right? Imagine yourself, like right now, even somebody says, tell me all the things, all the ways you've experienced Jesus at your church, right? And you're like, okay, if I want them to know about how cool my pastor is, I'm not going to tell them all the junk stories. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them about the week that he, that he preached that sermon and everybody was glassy-eyed, had no idea what was going on. I'm going to tell him about the week that, that he preached that great fiery sermon and the altar was full and people's lives were changed. That's what I'm writing down. But they don't. They write, they write it all. They write the good and the bad because it's all part of our growth. Now, do I, want, do I wish that my story was all the good stuff? That, that my life was a straight line toward Jesus all the time? Yes. I wish that were true. Right? But... Instead, what usually happens is, like, I got my eyes set on Jesus, and I'm like, I'm going to get there, right? And I take a step, and I'm like, 
Yes, I did that. And then I get distracted by this thing over here. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm back online. I'm going to go back online. I take another step. And then I'm wandering off of here. And sometimes those wanderings take me some time to get back. All right? Uh, based on some of the looks in your faces, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Growth is very rarely a straight line. And for Peter, his line meandered back and forth and back and forth. And so, so you have this story. And I don't want to leave Peter on this story because this is not uh, where Peter's story ends. In fact, the whole rest of our series, we're going to keep looking at Peter. But I don't want to leave you today on this story of Peter because growth, as much as it is all over the place, it does still point toward Jesus in the end. And so in Luke 22, right before Jesus dies, he denies him three times. Man, Peter, I thought you had it figured out. But then in John 21, so Jesus goes to the cross, he dies, he gets raised again, he comes back and he's talking to his disciples. And in John 21, he has this moment with Peter. And this is what happens. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Have you figured it out yet? <laughs> Do you know what you want yet? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And so Jesus says, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And a third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And it says, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. So Peter, even though his path was not direct, it was, it was winding and meandering and it was good and bad and sometimes just downright ugly. Despite this, in the end, he has this moment with Jesus where Jesus says, do you love me? He says, yes. And Jesus entrusts his flock. He says, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. He entrusts his flock to Peter, the guy who denied him three times. Do we really think it's a coincidence that Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he entrusts his flock to Peter. See, growth, my friends, is a part of the kingdom. It's a part of what is expected of us. Jesus expects us to be moving forward, but growth is often very circular and not linear. <laughs> Peter denies Jesus even after worshiping him. He denies Jesus even after following him for years. It's not, it's not a linear process. And so I offer that as a word of encouragement this morning because I think so many of us have felt like growth has to be straight. And if, if I'm not going straight at Jesus, I failed somehow. And in an ideal world, it would be straight at Jesus all the time. But we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a world that is affected by sin, where, where we have a hard time laying down our lives. So, so when I encourage you this morning to take steps to grow, I'm not saying that I expect you to get it right every time. I'm not saying that you have to be in every class or small group or Sunday morning worship service that we ever put on. 
What I'm saying is take steps in the right direction. Take steps in the right direction. And, and what I would encourage is if you have these moments like Peter where you, where you fail and you fall, uh, first of all, find how you can learn from it. What is it in this moment that I can learn from? But second, find your way back to the path. <laughs> how do I get back to the path from where I am right now? Peter continually finds his way back. <laughs> he continually finds his way back. And you'll find that as we go on in this series, Peter does even cooler stuff. <laughs> I mean, his life takes an amazing turn in just a few chapters in the Scripture. So I want you to be encouraged this week. If you feel like your path has not been straight, if you feel like you've been kind of meandering off, okay, take the growth that comes with it and get back on the path. <laughs> Because growth can come from anywhere. It's just all in what we do with what we have. If you feel like you're not growing, that you don't have anywhere where you're plugged in to grow, whether that's in your personal life with Jesus, uh, you know, prayer, scripture, fasting, whatever it is that you're doing to connect with Jesus, or uh, if you feel like you're not plugged in somewhere, like with a small group or a Bible study or something, like, Come see me. Like, this is, this is what the church does. <laughs> this is what we do. We come alongside you to help you grow and to keep moving in the right direction. Let me pray. God, we are we're humbled this morning because we don't like to think about the ways that we have gotten off the path. We often think that those moments of failure are, are, are somehow drawing us away from you. And sometimes, God, we know that we, we do. We run away. But God, we see these moments with Peter, and we see how he, he rebounds from them, and he comes back, and he, and, he, and he seeks you out. And God, that's what we want. We want to be able to, to continually grow even in the moments that maybe aren't as glorious as we'd like them to be. And so, God, we, we come, first of all, and just admit this morning, we confess that we've had these moments. These moments that we've, we have felt that we have failed, that we've, that we've failed to pursue you, that we've failed to, to, to be at a place of growth and, and seek you out. But, but we also, God, we're thankful for those moments that we can point to and say, man, I really connected there. So I pray this morning, God, that you would use those moments, whether they're good or bad, use all of them to direct us back to you. Continue to draw us in. Even if our line isn't as straight as we would like it to be, God, I pray that you would draw us back in this morning. And that for those who, who are not connected somewhere to grow, because you say, God, that, that we have to be connected to you, to the vine, in order to receive this growth and this fruit God, I pray that for those who are not connected, God, that you would connect them this week, that you would prompt them to reach out to somebody, anybody, to get connected to you. Because the disciples spent time with you, and they spent time with each other, and both helped them grow. So God, help us get connected this week.
so that we would grow in Jesus' name. Amen.